G'day guys, it is the coach here. Hope you are all living large in the play garden. I am here with measured gaming expert, uh, legend of the fields, uh, planter of the seeds of Nurgle. It is Tristan Smith, aka Sergeant Smash. Um, I, sm I assume you're smashing the beers, but um, Tristan, <laughs> I don't want I don't want to get demonetized too early, so let's just pretend you're smashing the beers. But Tristan and um, uh, Tristan is a friend of the channel, been around for a while. Wanted to get him on the channel for a while because he has been one of the few people in the community, at least in Australia, who hasn't been a bandwagoner with Nurgle. He's stuck through it through the good times and the bad times. Nurgle has gotten a whole bunch of updates in Broken Realms Techless. You got three War Scroll changes. And I wanted to get Tristan's thoughts around how he's been running it competitively. I know you've run it at a couple of tournaments in 2021. Um, so how you're thinking about some of these new War Scrolls, where Nurgle kind of sits in the meta, and how you're kind of building around it. But I might throw it over to you. G'day, welcome. What do the people need to know about Tristan? Uh Thanks, Magro. Uh, not much. Uh, shout out to Measured Gaming, um, one of the few regular members of Measured. Um, not fail charge. Not the fail charge you're shouting out. You're shouting uh, out Measured Gaming. Oh, I am shouting out Measured Gaming. They tried to induct me, but they didn't quite take. Uh, I got a shirt out of it, but other than that, I think still Measured Gaming. True and true. Um, yeah, so been a... Well, I've been a gamer for a few years now, um, and recently I've picked up, uh, well, got onto Nurgle and made up a list, and I sort of, I think that first list I've stuck with for a fair few tournaments, so it'll be interesting to talk about Nurgle as a whole, and um, we can go from there. Yeah, because you, you've been running Nurgle competitively for a while. I know I, I saw you around at the Canberra event when I was running Gargans and you were doing yep. quite well with your BKs. And I know you were doing BKs before that Black Kings, not Burger King for anyone <laughs> uh, who might be in Australia. Like we're not pushing around burgers on the table. But, you know, since then you've been really running Nurgle and I know um, we've talked a little bit about some of your lists. But maybe like for anyone who might be listening to this, thinking about maybe joining Nurgle or – um, has Nurgle and they haven't picked it up for a while. What drew you to them as opposed to the other Chaos Gods or their other armies out there? Initially, I would have been about a year and a half ago. I wanted a, a heavy infantry army um, that wasn't Stormcast and wasn't as, I don't know, ineffectual as Stormcast heavy infantry is. So I wanted Blight Kings and um, I went out and bought 70 of them. Uh, <laughs> Um, before before they started getting some love and thought, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, it was just going to be a fun army. It wasn't going to be in the competitive um, chamber for my competitive armies. And then it just grew when the, they got some love and I went, well, I'm going to do it and see what I can do with it. And then I think for the first couple of tournaments, I actually showed what it can actually do. Um if you, with the planning and the, the mentality behind the army, um, can really perform still to this day, even though it is probably, probably now the the oldest battle tome in AOS. Yeah, and yeah you, still, and, you, and, you and Deepkin are like, I think you yeah. are earlier than Deepkin, but, you know, you, you are lucky in regards, unlike Deepkin, 
you got uh, Wrath of the Ever Chosen, which is another reason why yep. it's a good time to be a Nurgle player. General's handbook still points changes. And I know we're yep. on the cusp of AOS 3 if you're watching this, folks. We don't know what battalions, are ha what's happening with them. We don't know what's happening with points. We're going to do the best we can. But, you know, you got some love in Wrath. You got some yep. love in General's handbook. Then uh, you got more love here. So I think it's a good time to be in the play garden. Yeah. Yeah, they... They were relatively unloved um, from GW point of view for a little bit. Now, all the new armies are coming out. They're getting updates, blah, blah, blah. They they sort of got left behind like um, Deep King and Doc and those early books were in the 2.0 swap over. And it Nurgle really suffered um, back then. It was basically... Um, Plague touched or thrice fold, and that was yes. You really only competitive way to go. Um, the other battalions, and as I go on, I I build around a battalion um, to get a benefit, and I make the best use of that benefit as I I see fit. Um, so when I build something, it's around doing one job, maybe two, but very rarely will I try to cover a lot of bases doing a lot of stuff so back then they were they were unloved and as you said loft the chosen bang ghb updates it's just laid on them consistently like uh war scroll changes uh new hosts uh points drops it's just it was a perfect storm and i i took them and i threw them out and see what i could do with them and i was quite surprised yeah, what they do, they do really well. You know, they are yeah. surprisingly fast. I, I, I do still have a gripe that to me, to me, Nurgle is slow. Like Nurgle should be a little bit faster than a zombie. Although, uh, seeing the War Scrolls in Soulblight, zombies are also now fast. But you know, to me, Nurgle is slow. Nurgle is resilient. Um, they are fast and they are resilient and. I always thought what was really cool about Nurgle is, um, unlike a lot of other armies that rely on things like spells and prayers, Nurgle doesn't really need it. So in this magical dominance of Teclas and Nagash and Lord of Changes and Croaks, you can still do your thing. If you get your spells off, there's a bonus. But if not, it's actually not that bad for you. You can kind of do your thing. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is inbuilt automatic uh, with passive... Um, Passive buffs or passive abilities. If I get, I've only got one caster, uh, big fat guy. So if he gets his spells off, all good. I get an extra couple of debuffs out there, a couple of mortals, that's about it. But I don't need that for the game. If they come off, they're good. If I can stack them all up and get it onto a target, then it's gravy. But if not, I know where my baseline is and I know that baseline can't be affected. And that's, yeah. that's, what I try to aim for. There's no point going, oh, my my unit can do this and this, but its baseline is fours and falls with no rent on, say, 32 more bases with a one-inch range because, yeah, when it gets to that point, it's good, but its baseline is rubbish. It's substandard. So you, how many games, like you, you know yourself, how many games do you line up all your buffs every single turn and do that theoretical maximal potential in that turn like it just doesn't happen <laughs> how many times i i need a four and you roll a three every turn i was like why 
Yeah, I remember. I, I remember uh, one particular. There's been a couple of games where I play like with my gits, right? And the bad moon moves from one side of the table, <laughs> and on a roll of a one, it doesn't move. On a, a roll yeah. of a two to a five, it moves one, and then a roll of a six, it moves two. And yeah. I have scrag right, and I'm like, I'm not going to spend that command point. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to let the dice roll because I want to make once it gets in the middle, I want to hold it with scraggy. Yeah, yeah. Turn two, roll a one, doesn't move. Yeah. Turn three, roll a one. And I'm like, at this point going, no, surely statistics are going to be on my side and I'm going to roll something that's higher than a one. Turn four, I roll the one. And I'm like, just, no, nah, done. Yeah, so, but yeah. sometimes it works in your favor. Then your five fanatics roll 37, uh, 38 attacks out of, sorry, 28 out of 30. So yeah. sometimes it swings, but you're right. Like the, you know, you don't rely on the buffs and a lot of the buffs are coming naturally on the war scrolls yeah. and the synergies, as opposed to casting particular spells, abilities, prayers, endless yeah. spells um, to get things off. Is Yeah. It's just that synergy where you don't have to work for it. And if you, if you're comfortable with where the synergy lies at, at what level it is, then you can use it. Um, that squat doesn't get buffed. Who cares? You know what it can do. You know what will happen when it runs into something. So you just go, all right, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I bring up the rules because I think let's put some context around this stuff, right? So for anyone who would be quite, look, even for people who aren't new to Nurgle, it'll be interesting to hear from a very competitive sense because one, your games club is super competitive and you guys, you know, <laughs> really, pl- you guys practice almost on a weekly basis tournament meta. So you guys are very strong. <laughs> but also from an experience point of view, you know, there's a couple of things that Nurgle gets and probably the, the thing that, most is maybe confusing or is is a little bit hard to understand is this Nurgle wheel or the cycle of corruption. And basically um, when the game starts, you, you basically roll a dice and you land somewhere on the cycle. So how do you deal with the randomness and, and, is this something with the cycle of corruption that I guess a couple of questions here is, is it something that you plan for? Is it something that, when you rock up to the table, you have a certain one that you really want. Um, how do you handle it when you really wanted the four, but actually you got the, the two? Like, how does a wheel come into play for you? I'd love to hear from an experienced point of view. Uh, first turn, see what you get. Uh, if you don't like it or you can't make it work, uh, the Elizabeth spell, it gets you to move it to wherever you want if it goes off. So traditionally, you rock up, set up terrain, roll for terrain, size, deploy, I right, roll for the wheel. Ah, I right, I can deal with that. Keep it. Nothing you need to spend to use first term to get it to where you want. Or um, if it's one of those ones where it's start of the turn and it does uh, something that you don't want it to do, what's not going to be effective or it's not going to be used that turn or against this army, um, take the spell, Feral Genesis, uh, cast it, goes off, move it to where you want, to what you want it, what you want that first turn. So it's it's one in six, you get something that you want, um, but also with the planning ahead, because it um, advances each turn, that you might get something sucky your first turn, but you know next turn, the next one up, is going to be useful. So there's no point wasting a spell to get it to something you need now when it's like, okay, if it's the first turn, I'm not going to use it. But 
Second turn, I'm definitely going to be use it, so I'm going to save it in my spell, try get something else off, do something else, and I'll just bite and wait and bide my time. Yeah, I imagine that, you know, you're not going to get the ideal situation every time. And, you know, like I imagine something like the role of one, which is adding plus two to the movement characteristic of Nurgle, is a good one to start with, oh, right? Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't really want it in turn three, probably when you're in the middle of combat. But if it happens uh, to hit turn four or turn five, that also can still be a really good way to score a late-game objective. So just because you don't get what you want initially doesn't yep. mean, you know, the game's over or it's rubbish. Like, you know, there's always going to be a time that the wheel can work in your favour and to your point – I can then change the wheel and get me kind of in course to where I really want the the plus one to wound because you know turn one plus one to wound is useless. Like you're probably you're probably not in combat. Uh, well, well, actually, oh, actually, no. Uh, sorry, I'm not normally in combat. No go with uh, your speed and your feculate no more. There's a good chance you're in combat. Let me take that one back. Yeah. Um, the I forgot how fast you are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so one, really good first turn. Two, uh, so we'll go through instead of just going one or two. So extra move, first turn. Uh, can get my Blight Kings up to a, was it a 16-inch move? So we'll just go through. So a four-inch base, uh, three from the bell. It's up to seven. That's the um, bell in the, the bell in the, the... The fat guy, the great okay. unclean one. Well, they don't, they don't know this yet. Yeah, I'm going through. So you can easily get a unit. So Nurgle, normally base four. Um, from buff from a hero, goes up to seven. The wheel takes it up to nine. If they have uh, a banner, gives them plus one to run and charge. So a six-inch one becomes a seven-inch one. So you've got a 16-inch move with a 2d6 plus one uh, charge. And you see where I'm going. With this. And this, 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 and this goes back to what we said earlier at the show is that Nurgle is very fast. And then when yep. we get to the feculent Narmor being able to run and charge, if you and start, the, yeah, you, you start the charge, is it within seven? Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so if you, so, you know, you can use that, the what, what people call the, the slingshot, yeah. you know, you essentially yeah. run to the point of the, the Narmor. If you can get within seven of the Narmor, then you can slingshot. If you fail, then, and that's, yeah, so the one, the extra two inches of movement is is perfect, uh, especially for Nurgle. Uh, if you're being aggressive, excellent. If you're being defensive, excellent. So it's never not needed or ne- not wanted. Um, the plus one to wound rolls, uh, that is awesome. Like most of the stuff is hitting on uh, threes, fours, or threes and threes. So plus one to wound, taking that down to threes and twos is is unreal. Um, got rend on that, and it's you're hitting with attacks with on twos, well, wounding on twos with neg one. It it hurts a lot. Uh, people mm-hmm. go, "What? You're wounding on what?" It's like, yeah, no. And there's man, not I'm a not lot. Playing. And there's not it's a lot be- of ways to debuff a wound roll. You know, you've got a couple it's, of things it, like the frost phoenix, but other than yeah. that, like if you're on a two, you're on yeah. a two. Yeah, it's uh, very rarely do you actually get a buff or debuff to wounding. Mm. Um, the burgeoning, so number three, um, so basically all the train blowing up. That's pretty good. Um, I don't like it because uh, it's still rolling dice. 
So that for me, that's my random one. I really don't like having random stuff um, relying can on I, or going, oh, yeah. yeah. Can, can I counterpoint you on that one? Yeah, go for as it. An oppo- as an opponent, right, I often <laughs> have a bunch of four or five wound heroes. And yep. if I see a mystical terrain piece or an arcane terrain, <laughs> arcane's a perfect example, right? Or commanding. Yeah. Commanding is a is a great terrain piece. If I put my general, who might be a four or five wound little hero, on a terrain piece, yes, I'm going to get the arcane or the or the command point, but there's also a chance that you're going to be doing mortal wounds to me. So there's, there's a bit of – I know, but when you've only got a five wound hero um, – you know, when you've got, only got five, we're not as all resilient as you, but uh, we, we don't all have the ability to heal. Uh, it can create doubt in your opponent where they yeah. go, well, I'm going to not deploy within one and forfeit that plus one to cast from Arcane or the first command point because I'm not starting on the terrain piece. So it's yeah. a psychological trade-off there. That That's why I'm that, – That's but you're right. Like it's only one mortal wound. It's only on a five, but it can actually mess with your opponent a little bit. And it's – it can quite often be chip damage that can actually be clutch. Having how many times do we leave something on one wound, and then mm. bang, um, next turn, an extra wound, oh, yeah, off it goes, and just being able to clear something up. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. So it's not for me. It's not as uh, critical as uh, the no. first two. But it, it does have a utility purpose, um, whereas the other one, the <laughs> and this is the, the number four, which is another utility one, um, Revolving Battleshock one, rolls of one uh, for enemy units is really bloody funny, um, especially when you're facing demons. I was like, just, hey, I, I, in my, I was thinking of my Zench, and obviously, yeah. you know, the Zench can put down the one die, the Destiny dice, things like that, but you know, forcing someone to re-roll that, that regeneration um, yeah. or even just like, you know, like someone's taken damage and just getting a one, you're like, yes, I'm not going to lose yeah. bodies, but actually then re-rolling it and then shit. Um, yeah. I'm now so going to lose bodies. Yeah, that clutch uh, clutch occurrence where you've managed to pip something off and they go, no, I'm, I'm good. I just, well, I'm good, I'm good. And then they roll a one and say, hey, I'm good. And it's like, uh, no, re-roll that, mate. And they roll something else higher is like, oh, crap, and off, off or, bodies goes. Or it might force someone to actually spend a command point. It's just that doubt of, of rolling a one and then it happens to be a six and it's just like, oh, it's not worth the chance. I'll just CP it. So, yeah. again, you, you're making your opponent make decisions. It's not clutch, as you said, but it's, a, it's nice to have, especially in some situations like it, against demons. It's pressure and it's psychological like the um, – the exploding terrain, like having that there, knowing that, and also I, I tend to use the psychological stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, so this turn you're re-rolling all your battle shocks of one. Remember that. I'm going to remind you throughout the entire turn. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck, fuck. And just, oh, uh, do I roll? Do I spend a CP? And I was like, no, no, well, uh, yeah, I'll just spend it. It's like, you, you sure? You sure you want to spend it? Yeah, yeah, I'll spend it. Thank you. And, and hit him with that. As a uh, well, as a well, as a means of um, as playing the game. 
And then you've obviously got your uh, re-roll wound rolls of six. That one's <laughs> a really – that's a jerk one too, especially for some of the units that have exploding uh, abilities from a, a roll wound of six. So, like, my gits yeah. – Gits are fresh in my mind. I've just played a game with my Gits, and my Stabbers do mortal wounds on a six based off a command point uh, yeah. on a roll wound of six, not a hit roll. Yeah. So, And there is a lot of units that have exploding sixes or sixes do um, – or to wound extra might damage. do additional extra damage or higher yeah. rend. Yeah. Um, so forcing them to do that – uh, and also can mean a lot more units than fail their attacks. And yep. there's no way to really do a reroll ones to wound in, in most armies. So yeah. um, it's uh, Nurgle has got a, f- a lot of stuff. It's probably got more than a lot of other armies rerolling sixes, whether it to be hit, to wound, or um, rerolling battle shocks. There's a lot of stuff that other armies just don't get access to so running uh running five where it's not even based off a hero it is just board wide so all your combats you're re-rolling your sixes to wound is is massive um if you're locked up and you've got an army like a board wide um units in combat having that go up is just massive like oh okay well i haven't got re-rolls to my wounds or whatever but I've, I've got to re-roll them anyway. So you yeah, can easily no. knock, knock a fair chunk of wounds off. And if they get really unlucky, they've managed to get something through. And Nurgle got hit debuffs as well. So, oh, yep, yeah, I'm neg to hit you. Then I'm re-rolling certain dice in my wounds. And very, you can easily cheap the actual damage that would have gone through to reduce it quite significantly. Yeah, there's a lot of debuffing there or even forcing against someone to use a command point knowing that they're going to re-roll their sixes to wound. I might have to re-roll. I might put in the re-roll ones to get yep. more attacks in to mitigate the, the re-roll. And then I guess you've got, you know, your rampant disease and your corruption. Your your regrowth corruption you can't roll on, so no. you're not going to automatically um, go on to corrupted regrowth unless you cast the spell to get to that point, but there's no way. Yep. So there is seven there, uh, yep. and obviously only a D6 roll. Yep. So rolling your first time up, you can only go one to six, uh, but the spell you can go to seven. So doesn't actually um so if you did say roll six uh you can do the rampant seas and do your mortals to those units which again is um i like number six over uh three just because you can pick the units and it's d3 rather than one so it's not just a five up for one it's just flat out d3 and then if you did spell so this is one of the interactions in the in the allegiance that if you rolled up six first turn and then you spelled uh, Feral Genesis to, to Corrupt a Regrowth, it wouldn't actually work because it's at the start of the hero phase, so your sequencing would be off. So if you wanted to do that, you just stay on six, wait till your next turn, then it would go off, and then you'd do the spell to swap it again because it's already happened at the start of your phase, at the start of your hero phase. So you spell get that off, and then move the wheel to whatever you wanted again, and you can have, say, three effects in two turns quite easily. And it, it works, the same, works the same with Rampant Disease. So if you started on five, next turn went to six, work out the effects of six, do your spell, then go on to something you actually want for that turn. 
Yeah, some good good cheeky list tech there, and you're right. Uh, and that's where the, like moving the wheel can be really powerful. Um, but talk to me, maybe a high level overview of, um, and I know battle plans, opponents, situations going to be different. But how do you think about the Narmor, and how do you play with it? Is it something that you just think about the slingshot and just making sure that you can get your hard hitting troop that's going to run and charge? making sure that it's there? Is it something that you're thinking about it to generate summoning points? Um, how do you how do you play around it? Uh, my first tree will always go in preparation, well, for my main list, which is my Blight Kings, um, to slingshot the Blight Kings where I want. So whether it's the 20-man 20 man squad, 10-man squad, or the 5-man squad that's going to get slingshot, um, it's going to help them. But also, back me up on um, an objective and potentially uh, make them force another choice on do I stand near it and potentially cop a mortal wound and shut off my um, my point from that tree, which are not a, this is another thing. Not, not many people realise that Oh, okay, it's only on a follow-up that I suffer one mortal wound, but I lose these three contagion points, which is, for one wound, dude, starting off D3 is massive because my summoning starts at seven. So mm. I roll a D3, and I, I've got other contagion points. That potentially stops me from summoning a squad on um, first turn just by having taking one mortal, and that's only a 50-50 chance too. So if you've got a, if you've got a mortal wound swag, Standing near it, it can really hamper me, but by putting it somewhere where it advantages me, I can slingshot onto it and slingshot onto the unit that you've turned it off with. So putting it near, say, a middle objective in the middle of board somewhere is probably my my go-to where I'm going to be standing around it anyway. So one, I can bodyguard the tree. Two, I can slingshot off it if I acquired and I can summon off it too. So allowing me to put it somewhere where potentially turn two, turn three or onwards, I can summon a squad of 10 off it onto another objective is is really good. Um, summoning, chain summoning for Nurgle is still a thing. So if you build up the points, uh, summon trees off your tree, summon another tree off your tree and onto an objective and summon a unit onto them, and you've got bodies on an objective, plus you've also got additional trees to generate your points. So it's a, it's a self-generating um, mechanic that I, I really love. Like some games I'll end up turn four with like five, seven trees on the board, and that itself is... And they're not big. I think. Well, I think the thing for me I love is that they're they're not large on the on the table. So it's not like no. this we unwieldy terrain piece like a Sylvaneth Wildwood, right? That's so unwieldy to try oh, to get that little yeah. that bubble, right? Because one, you've got to get away from uh, enemies, but two, you've got to be away from all this stuff. This is pretty small, so it's very easy to pop down. Um, I worked out. I think the base size I worked out because I got a couple three uh, D printed because um, I. For me, like when you're running five plus of them, I didn't want to have five the same tree. So I got a couple of sculpts, uh, resin printed. And I was looking at it, and you're right, it's like 110 by 80 mil footprint, which 
is not that big. When you're no. considering the, some of the stuff we've got and other terrain pieces we have um, and what they actually bring to the army, you can really put them in a lot of spots. And mm. they're not that like obnoxious to use too. You're, you're not trying to balance models on them or, or whatever, like, uh, like the OBR uh, one that's just massive square block and generally in the centre of the table and you, you try and move a squad of 30 over it and maybe 10 can stand up for the 21 on their sides because they just can't stand up on the sides. Whereas that, it's small, it does its job and you can put stuff around it quite easily and you're not going to be packing stuff onto it because you don't need to. But yeah, it's just, it really, I, I love that in the army. It's just, it makes the army, um, it's another thing that's just passive. Getting, getting the wheel, getting the tree, getting all these benefits, and you don't even need to pay for it. Well, one thing I will say before we move on from the feculent Narmor is I would recommend people um, practice their deployments and just get enough a rough idea of, of what is the range. I know when I was playing my undead, um, my, my legions of Nagash, and they've got their, their grave sites, right? I put them on the board and I would practice to go, right, where on the board is the best places to put them, knowing that, you know, I've got a grave site, then I can summon bodies off it. So based on my movements, based on, on bubbles, you know, to get the maximum potential I've got to have a grave site, you know, X away from the enemy. And I think, you know, just knowing how fast you're, if you're running uh, plague bearers, you know, what's that base movement? What's the, you know, your, your musician, what are these combinations going to do? If you happen to get the plus two on the wheel, that's a bonus, but I wouldn't factor yep. that in because yep. it's then very easy. You've got to spend a command point on the, on the run when you probably, you probably don't want to, um, because you happen to not run the the, the, the two-inch move or the, the bonus plus two move. So practice, practice, practice. Get a really good idea if you're new to this. Um, and then like, and just... Knowing the um, the mission too, that, that's a big one. There's some missions where um, it's obvious where you put it. And there's some where it's, yeah, well, no, I'm not going to put it there. I want to put it here. I'm going to try, go this way. I'm going to try up the flank rather than up the guts. Um, or I want to focus, like if it's, say, eight objectives, I'm going to put it in between uh, the side of, um, between two of my flanks and two of their flanks. So in the middle, but off the side. Yeah. Well, there's other times where there's just too much terrain. It's like, well, screw that. I'll put it as far up as I can, but it's still going to be my territory. Uh, it's not going to be tagged out. So I'm going to be summoning. I'm going to get points off it every turn. Um, and it, it gives me a backfield defense to summon some backfield screens off it in the future. So it's it's really um, customizable. And it, as it just goes to practice, what do I need at that point in time? And then go, oh, well, okay, if I put this here, my army, I can do this, this, and this by having that there. Yeah, yeah. What does it do? What's the likelihood? And then... No matter whoever you face, you've got some options because you've play tested it. Don't always put it in the one spot. But you got three new war scrolls, and we and we're not going to go deep into this because you have two of the three in the list that we're going to explore. Um, but you know, high level, talk to me, Sloppity Barpiper. He got a uh, a war scroll change in uh, Broken Realms Techless. What are your thoughts? What um, and if you like it, why why do you like Sloppity? I haven't got to running this list uh, just yet, but as soon as it dropped, it was it was just apparent 
the buff it got for no real increase is just amazing. Um, so most of these buffs now, that off the new stuff, is Hollow Within 14, so twice the magic number of Nurgle, which is Hollow Within 14. It's not bad. Um, and considering what you're putting it on, it's pretty easy. So being able to pick what you want to buff the unit with as three for relatively no risk is just it's just awesome. Um, so plus one to hit, unmodified sixes do a mortal wound, plus one uh, to and attack. then. Oh yeah, sorry. Plus one attack. Sorry, I said plus one here. Yep. I was, I was just, I, my eyes are just fixated on the fart, <laughs> the that ripe fart. Like that's, I, I just wanted to get through the other one so I could talk about farting. Like that's like, so it was plus one attack, uh, unmodified sixes um, to hit our immortal wound in addition, which is cool. Yep. It doesn't stop the sequence. It's in addition, and yep. then the fact that they put farting on a war scroll. My love is yep. like a ripe, ripe fart where enemy models within three inches can't finish a pile in. Closer. So they've got to literally go backwards uh, or move away because you've ripped a massive fart. Like this is just straight up like Nurgle, you win, you win this game. Like like so you've won. That that fart one is quite interesting. It's it's double X, like it it is it's funny as hell. Um so enemy models within three cannot finish the pile in. So if you if you choose to pile in, they have to finish closer. So this one stops them from piling. But, however, if they're still within range, they're still good. If some are in range and some aren't in range, the ones out of three inches can still pile in, whereas the ones that are in three cannot. So it's situational, whereas you, you want to try get that, that buffer zone of them being um, out of attack range and then rip the fart so they can't actually pile into attack so it is it's good but it's a lot of um competitive players will be able to work around it so it's it's that niche niche thing oh also so that's in so assuming a multiple uh unit squad a (laughs) that does stop uh, big monsters from uh, basically sidling along one model and getting closer to another model. Because if they cannot finish a pile in closer, then it means they can't pile in. So that big monster that's tagging one model can't actually pile in to swing its ass around to get in range of another another unit or another model. That's that's. A, I just want to pause there for a second because that's actually that's a really good strategy. That's really good list teching. There is that because you're right. Like when you run, and I imagine things like Prince of Ordry and Vampire Lords on Zombie Dragons. Literally, we're recording this on the on the eve of um, the Soul Blight being up for grabs. So we're going to see Vampire Lords back in action and Prince of Ordry back in action. And being such a large base, they will tag the side of a of a unit and then often swing around to tie up another one using its big pipe plate um but when you start thinking about ripping the fart and it wants to swing towards it because it's it's trying to end closer to the model than than it was it means it's stuck within the original combat and if it wants to get into that second one they might again have to force a charge uh, potentially have to spend a command point to re-roll the charge um 
Or what you might find is, you know, you're really restricting um, the amount of damage because it might actually push some of those one-inch attacks out of range or um, those, those second and third ranks that might be behind uh, are now not in within one inch because you've had to step back a little. Mm. Also, having that, you can layer your, your removal of casualties. So assuming you get a line of infantry, hit your line of infantry, um, removing your front row and mm. having your, your fart active. Um, yeah, okay, you, you've you died anyway, so all right, take casualties out, but also means in the next turn they're not actually getting as many models within um, range to hit you back next turn. So you've, you've taken your hit, but you've also done it to minimise the, the out, that output that happened from being the same the next turn. Just don't pull back so you're outside of three. So make sure you've got something not, at not, least within not three. Outside three. No, 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 no. I'm calling that out just in case people, because you, sometimes you get oh. overzealous and you, you yeah. don't measure. Yes. Yeah, so to what Tristan's saying, 100%, um, you could pull back and, and instead of deleting your, your casualties from the back, take it from the front, but make yeah. sure you've got at least one within three to keep that unit in combat. Uh, and when it then becomes their activation or their turn to then kind of come into combat, they can't pile in any further because they've got to end the move. So some good tech. On a perfect world, say you got 20 plague bearers, you remove 10 at the front row. Presumably your, your 10 in the back row are going to be out of engagement rate. Well, in still inside three inches, but they're going to be outside of an inch, which is a typical melee weapon range, which means when that squad that took the 10 off, it can't actually pile in closer to you. So its one-inch weapons are going to be out of range, or most of its weapons are going to, most of its models' weapons are going to be out of range. So even if only two guys are in range of a, a straggler model on the side or wherever, it's very rarely do we have straight lines in AOS. It's still a lot better than having, say, that ten that hit your ten hit you back again. So yeah. if you can cut that ten down to two, three models, that's a lot more survivability than save an, an armor save or something because it's a handful of dice where the two handfuls of dice. And then, and, and we won't double down just yet, but then you add the, the, the debuffing that hits within Nurgle, you know, the minus one to hits with Plague Bearers. So all of a sudden you've reduced the amount of combat. And then you add the fact that might be minus one or minus two or you're re-rolling sixes to wound. All of a sudden, the you know, you've really mitigated the amount of damage. So yeah. um, for me, when I read Sloppity Bar Paper during the list review of um, of Broken Realms Techless, I got so excited. I thought that and this this Spoilpox Scrivener. I, I mean, Spoilpox wasn't nearly as cool because it doesn't have the fart meta, <laughs> but I did really like the additions here, you know, it getting some um, some changes to its just generic abilities, uh, like the, the, the combat abilities. But then also you've got this keep count, I'm what you, which um, I thought was a nice little combination and potentially a driver to get your plague bearers back on the table. So going back to the other guy, we just we skipped over one important thing. All right, we'll go back. We'll go back. I was all right. Talk to me. Uh, so plus one attacks. That's really good because yep. there's a lot of stuff that gives it. However, the second one, unmindful six of a mortal wound, is basically yeah the mortal wound spell for Nurgle on its war scroll for free. So you don't even need to get, was it a, oh, 
I forget the name of it now. You don't even need to get spell off to have that effect on your plague bearer. So you're getting that for free. Having that on a mass unit of plague bearers or even plague drones is is just unreal. No, no rolling required. It's just okay. Bang, you're buffed. Um, Blades of putrefaction, is it? So be able to get that um, onto a unit for the cost of just having the hero nearby is just unreal, in my opinion. Yeah, that's a that's a seven plus. Yeah. Um, or or correct me. <laughs> <laughs> that would that stack. Yep. That would that would stack. That would stack as well. So if you threw down yes, it does. blades, blades plus the early yep. one evening, on on the on uh, although this is a six plus for the spell, but if yep. you roll a six, then you're triggering two mortal wounds in addition yep. to the damage. Woo! Woo! Uh, yep. I, I I imagine when we get to the list tech, it's going to be wait till there's more, but. Um, <laughs> Let's save more of this to, to the list yep. taking, but you've got so, there, there, there's some there's some of the cool stuff. Yep. All right, Trist, Tristan's got a little smug look. He's like, "Yep, uh, you, you don't you don't know what's coming yet." Um, talk to me, high level the Scrivener. Scrivener um, is featured in one of at least one of your lists. Thoughts? The again plus one attack, so you're getting one off the the Bile Piper. Uh, you can easily get one off the Scrivener. Big fat guy give you can give you plus one as well, so you can easily give a demon unit um, plus three, which makes their their base of one or two weeks depending on what unit it is, and go up by three. And it's just three extra dice per model per attack profile is unreal. So stacking the bile piper, the scrivener, uh, the big fat guy on a unit of plague drones. That's plus three attack to every of its profiles. And it's got three of them. So that's an extra nine dice per fly. That can go and then you and then, and then we add, add hypothetically blades and then we're doing sixes of mortals as well. If yep. you happen to have two sloppities, then you do the mortal wound as well. Oh. It's just like almost, all the list sides of- are starting to come here. One of these hells, you can't actually stack the the two buffs. So you can have one, you can pick what buff that unit gets, but it can't actually have two or more. So is that with the sloppity, or is that with both uh, of them? I'm unsure which one it is. It is one of them, or it could be both of them. But so you can pick. So you can easily go, okay, I don't need the rend, or I don't need the mortals. I'll just go the extra attacks and wave dice it. Or if you hit some heavier stuff, yeah, well, screw you. I'm throwing mortals on. I'm throwing Rend on, and I'm throwing the extra attack on from the big guy, and potentially a spell. So, potentially, you're getting extra Rend, you're getting mortals twice, and you're getting extra attack. So, you're getting, instead of going all down one path, you can spread it out to go, well, that heavier stuff with a rerollable save or a nice good save is just too hard to crack with unweight, unrendable. Well, unrendered attack. So let's just beef it up a bit. Try eat through it. Throw a unit at it, and you can really mince it. So with this one, yeah, I, 
I love I love okay. the ability to have a u- I love the utility factor because you know you come up at a tournament and you're up against Night Haunt. Improving the rend means absolutely nothing. So yeah. you know using the tally of blows to get an additional attack, or you know doubling down with you know I, I wasn't able to get blades off because I'm up against Techless, so or I, I just failed the cast so I can get the mortal <laughs> wounds so another way. Yeah. So just having the utility factor or going look I really need to clear this unit so I can move on to something. I'm going to double stack or triple stack the plus one attack from different sources to really yeah. clear this combat out. So the fact that you've got a lot of utility, to me, yeah. that's why I love both of the, the the different heralds. For for their cost, having three pickable buffs to the unit that you can choose with no, it's just, okay, bang, that unit, that's getting this this turn. And for this guy, the Scrivener, X plus one to your save rolls. Never goes astray if you're going to cop a, a flogging that turn or that battle round. Or it just needs to survive that little bit longer. Or, oh, extra rend. Well, it's going out, and if it takes a bit of a rend with it, well, there you go. You don't mind. You can ta- tailor your buffs per unit to the turn and the job that they're going to do and then next turn, you're not hamstrung into doing that all again. You can you can readjust and go, okay, this unit's getting this set of buffs, or this unit's getting that set of buffs. You're not going, well, I have this spell, I have this, this, and this, and this is what that unit gets. And if I buff another unit, that's what it gets every turn because I can't actually choose what I do. No, I like it. I like it. And I love the utility value. Um, oh, I love yeah. what it can do. To, it's just so good. And you know what? If people up against these two and then there's a great unclean one, I can guarantee you most people are going to try to degrade that great unclean one. They're going to ignore <laughs> these little heralds. And if they ignore, if oh, they yeah. attack these little heralds and they ignore your great unclean one, there's this big blob, then, you know, it's, it's, it's a win either way. Um, but speaking of big blobs, I, I, we, we talked a little bit about this off, off, off air, and I might just get a couple of couple of cents because I know we've got some lists to talk about. Um, the beasts of Nurgle. I don't know if the points are going to change for AOS three, and that's yeah. why it's a little bit higher. But I think that to me was was a bit of a surprise. It was cool to see they got a war scroll update. They got an extra wound. They got you know the ability to fly when they ran away and did that little sl- slime thing. But to me, I thought their price were a little bit too overcosted compared to some of the other units similar to this. Um, yep. what, what's your what's your high level take on the Beast of Nurgle? War Scroll. I was actually I was really keen for the update um, and the sneak peeks we saw of the update for the Beast of Nurgle. Um, wasn't keen on the actual GW model. So in my uh, quest to vary my Nurgle, um, I got some. Again, resin printed ones. I went, yep, I'm going to do a menagerie um, battalion with three uh, three beasts and the snail guy. And that's going to be my, my fun army where I just spam trees for the entire game. Then they dropped and the points came and I went, really? It's not worth it. Uh, they are a great war scroll. They've got it's good characteristics. Their abilities are great. Um, doing D3s on a on a treat, um, mortals on a charge, uh, being able to fly when it retreats and then charge again. 
for the unit is is great. They've got a good save. They've got good move. Uh, they've got good wound characteristics. But for 120 points for what was it eight wounds? You're yeah, looking at now. you're looking at 15 points of wound, and really, it's it's yeah, that's pretty rubbish. I think the challenge that we had that we were talking about offline was the fact that. It's all right. Like, it's okay, but when you're up against that 100 to 120 point range, that could be another 10 uh, Plague Bearers. That could be a, a hero choice. And I think if I was choosing between a hero or 10 Plague Bearers versus a Beast of Nurgle, probably 99% of situations I'm going the, the Plague bearer, plague Bearers or the, um, or the little hero compared to a Beast of Nurgle. I think it's just hard for me to justify adding this to the list unless I had some crazy strategy or... I didn't own a dish. I didn't want plague bearers for some reason. Yeah, it's it's the same. I, I was really geared up to run the menagerie, which is three beasts and a snail guy. Um, it it fitted well. It was low cost. Um, the old the old war scrolls were were decent for their cost, um, but I think they went up like fifty points each. Um, yeah, approximately each they, all three of them went up about fifty points. Yeah, so forty it's to fifty like, points. They went up 50 points each, which is nearly double their original cost. It was, what, 70 points? Yeah, I think that was 70 or 80, but... Yeah, it's they went way over that 10 or 20-point increase for the extra abilities that it gained. And you can't you can't justify that that potential. And, again, it's we're going back to the on the 4-up or on a 2-up, it does this. Whereas... And it got an extra wound. So you can't just go, oh, well, those extra points are justified in that it's going to survive this much longer. It's going to kill this much more other than that its original version that it requires that point increase up to a 120. Um, the menagerie, so you take three of them, which, so now 360 points plus battalion plus the hero. So you're looking at 700 700 points i don't know exact figures but in you're all, at, we don't, to, to be honest tristan we don't even need to know because um who again, knows if battalions are, battalions are even going to be around in aos3 yeah. we know they've got core battalions coming yeah. we don't know if we don't know if our regular battalions are just going to be for narrative and open play um uh, but i think just going back to the beast of nurgle i think there's just better choices um yeah. in your lists for the points value. And look, it could be AOS three points that we're looking at, and it probably makes sense maybe in the new world. But again, would I rather 10 Plague Bearers? Would I run one Beast of Mergle? It's probably 10 Plague Bearers every day of the week. I'd rather 10 Blight, oh, five Blight Kings for an extra 20 points, well, to be honest. Well, I mean, we can go down the list. It's probably like, this is probably a low, <laughs> low I'd rather a, a CP and an extra endless spell. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. It's there's, there's very rarely will this thing be picked over anything else that is my point we're not going to go through your entire catalog yeah that is my point um so we're actually getting into the list talk guys we're actually getting in there but it was good to kind of set the scene here because nurgle has been such a long time since you got an update things have changed i really wanted to get a bit of a robust look at how the list has evolved and how some of the things that have come into play have manipulated or influenced your um your list tech so to kick things off, the first one we're going to look at is, so this is coming from Wrath of the Everchosen. This is not coming naturally from your uh, your book. This is coming from the supplement because it gave you a bunch of them, the Drowned Men, the Blessed Sons. There was a whole bunch of things that came for you. 
Yeah. 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 The um, yeah. the this one and the other hosts I run were super battalions in the original book, but they've turned them into actual hosts. So mm. the the actual Nurgle book still has a battalion for the Wanderers and the Blessed Sons, but the actual hosts now are are basically the the new iteration of those those things that they they initially started in the book. So what of the Wanderers, um, the mon- mon- the magnificent, <laughs> the magnificent, magnificent. Um, so we got the Wanderers. We're just going to call them the the, the Wanderers uh, yeah, now. Yeah, it makes so, it so, sorry, Wood Elves, you, you've lost the Wanderers keyword. <laughs> it's been a, it's been too long. But of this sub allegiance here, so we've got this from the Wrath of the Ever Chosen. Um, you're going to get yourself an ability. You're going to get some command ability, a command trait, and an artifact. There's a whole bunch of cool things you're going to get here. Um, are all four of these things going to be important in our upcoming list, Tristan? Or are you really are you picking out like one or two th- things here that are just critical? There's there's probably two critical things. Uh, there's the third really useful thing, and the fourth that you basically call the tax. So for me, the critical things are the locus, which um, cutting rend down to hitting when it goes to hit any of your army by one is unreal. So that so while so so while and it's just for anyone listening to the podcast, so locus of corrosion, while an enemy unit is within three inches of a friendly wanderer's demon unit. So demon is just that's important. Um yeah. worsen the rend characteristic by one. So uh it, yeah. it'll go to a minimum of like just negative um or like dash. Um and Nurgle units are unaffected. So if you happen to be in the mirror match Nurgle on Nurgle, it doesn't affect you guys. Uh not that I imagine that happens very often. Oh. But I didn't say it was impossible. I said it doesn't happen often. Um, so you're going to be reducing the rent. So that's pretty cool. That's um, that's it's, very good. It's unreal. And that's, and that's um, melee, though. It's, me- it's melee, though. It's not shooting. It's just melee. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's unreal because your well, the army is built around, um, well, it's your typical slow, steady, uh, bit of a save and dying slow. So anything you can do to increase their survivability is is really good and they charge at you with neg one rend um infantry they just go back to no rend and there's a lot of stuff out there that's just base neg one um so just nullifying that just off the bat as soon as they walk into you is this it's it's money really and um, you mentioned there was another one that was you know really important to your list text you got cor- <laughs> like locus of corrosion was one yep. What's the other? The command trait. So the command trait uh, targets friendly demon units wholly within 12 of the general is a six. Uh, so that's hit rolls. So it's making you re-roll your hit rolls of six when you target a unit within 12 of your general. Now, that in itself is awesome because there's a lot of stuff that procs on sixes. So two mortal wounds or extra hits on sixes, whatever. Having that unit nearby your general, getting that buff, and you walk in and you start procking sixes, you're re-rolling them flat out. So that that unit that does mortals on sixes, it's not. It just goes, ah, well, I'm I'm hitting normally after my re-rolls. So it's like, well, I've blunted my attack from my rend, 
I've also blunted my procs by having to re-roll my sixes. And it's like, well, I'm not hitting as hard as as I want to be. And you just sit there and it's like, yep, thanks, mate. No, I like it. I like it. There's some cool wings, you know, obviously plus one to hit for, for the artifact as well. Um, there's some good stuff coming out of the Wanderer's build. Um, the command ability is good. Um, if you know you're going to get hit, so that unit that's neg one, um, it's re-rolling your sixes. You know it's going to get charged. Throw the command ability on it, and they're taking D3s when they charge it. So it's, it's only per unit. So if you've got a big unit strung out across the board, and they've got to charge it, and they've got to charge it with multiple units. That's D3 per unit. So yeah, not that only could be a big they... unit of like 30, 30 plague bearers that is essentially like a one castle and yep. probably perfect for something like Iron Jaws with Iron Suns or, you know, a fast-moving Stonehorn build. Um, that's a nice little protection um, to just do some chip damage and then you come in in response. So not only have you laid in your survivability from your end, like negating their end, making their re-roll their sixes, but you've also dished damage back before they've even swung. So you've really laid in three debuff, let's call it, and they've, they've only just started swinging at you. And you've, you haven't even had to do anything. You just had to be there. I like it. Yep. The so is, gone. The artifact is the tax, but look, you can't have everything. You can't have a perfect world. So you take it, and if it ha- if it works, it works. So the first list is um, so we talked about the magnificent um, wanderers builds. Um, you've taken from the mortal realm of Shimon, and <laughs> what we've got here is I'll read it out for again for the podcast friends. But you've got the great unclean one, who is your general, coming in with the bow blade and the doomsday bell, which is the bell we were talking about right <laughs> almost at the, at the start of the show. I'm like, we don't know this yet. They don't know. They don't yeah. know the bell. Like, what's the bell? Well, it's the great unclean one's bell. Um, I imagine you need like that 80s song. You can ring my bell. Don't, don't sing. <laughs> yeah, ring thanks. my bell. Um, you got the command trade of the last gift. You got the wither stave. I, I probably just got like a hundred dislikes at this point. Um, <laughs> but if you're staying along, if you if you if you've listened this long, like give me a like for that. That was um that was not my best singing <laughs> voice. Uh, the wither stave, and you've got glorious afflictions as your your spell law. You've got two of the spoil pox scriveners. You've got one sloppity bile piper who has the um, sub allegiance artifact. You've got yourself thirty plague bearers, thirty plague bearers, twenty plague bearers with three plague drones under the tally band of Nurgle. We don't know if that's going to exist soon, but you've got it anyway. You've also got Geminids that comes in at 1980 with one command point at 126 wounds. Whew. Start me from the top. Why why, why the Grand Unclean one? Why the loadout? Um, we've already okay. talked about the benefits of the Scrivener. We've already talked about the benefits of the Bile Piper and it kind of ties in nicely with the plague bearers already, but um, talk to me about the great unclean one and the great unclean one's loadout. The great unclean's loadout is the typical support great unclean one loadout. Um, the bile blade allows you to take a mortal wound and plus one to your cast rolls. Uh, so take a mortal plus one. So you, most of your cast are on sevens, um, and it's plus one to your cast and unbind as well. Um, mm-hmm. Paired with his War Scroll ability to heal himself D3 wounds at the end of the hero phase means you can literally 
damage yourself, get those extra casts, extra buffs, and then heal himself back up again. And with the other heals from the uh, from the allegiance, it's it's a no-brainer if you're using him in that role. The Doomsday Bell is an extra 3D move when they start the move within seven of the of the ground and clean one. So those plague bearers, they are moving seven to start with. Um, and with the trees, they can run and charge. So potentially the plague bearers can go 13 with the run and charge. And when you start adding in the other buffs, so the unclean one can also buff for a command point, uh, extra attack to demon, Nurgle demon units. So he can buff up, throw an extra attack onto a blob of plague bearers, Spoil, spoil pox can throw an extra attack on or the mortals the sloppity can throw an extra attack on or the rend onto blob of play bearers and then you can slingshot those play bearers wherever you want and they can do bulk work so not only do you have plague bearers with extra attacks or extra damage or extra meat to get through but you've got 30 of them they're a demon so they're bravery 10 with the banner, so you lose some, oh no, on a roll of one, I get them back. So the break point for getting battle shocking off your, deem- off your plague bearers is, oh, you've got to do, a, basically, you've got to do a lot because you get plus one for every 10. Um, yep. Don't forget Sloppity gives you plus one to your to your demons as yep. well, so you'll get plus one bravery there. Um, just for our new folk who might be picking up Nurgle for the first time, I just want to make one call out with the Great Unclean one, and that is when he stabby-stabbies himself to get the plus one to cast, you can't take a mortal wound save against it. So you can no. heal it, obviously, but you can't stabby-stabby roll up a you know a damage prevention roll and still get the buffs it just goes straight through you can't get it yeah just so just a, quick just a small yeah. call out for anyone who's newer to the army so you you can throw that unit or essentially you can also screen with that unit too by the one last gift uh command trait and his artifact of the wither stave not only are they re-rolling sixes to hit they're also re-rolling sixes to wound they're an extra save, their neg one rend, and when they get charged, throw a command ability on them to do D3 more to them. So you can make that screen unit quite durable just by basically sitting near it and soaking up the damage. Yeah, for me, like one big thing about the Plague Bearers, which uh, is a love-hate relationship, because um, it is a really cool rule, but when you fight against it, it just grinds my gears. I did have a I, I did have a game not long ago between a Plague Bearer army against a Gitz army, so it was just a minus <laughs> one-off. It was just a minus yeah. off, because I had yeah. like minus two, you had minus two, but the Cloud of Flies, like having units that are 20 or more, being minus two to hit in combat shooting. and minus one to hit in oh, is it shooting it's minus two in shooting minus one yes yeah, sorry I'll, sorry it was the other way around i was thinking yes minus two shooting carriage and overlords will hate oh. you um yeah. with that but um minus one to, sh- to hit in combat as well so um there's just so many debuffs that we're already doing plus the natural inbuilt minus one to yeah. hit as you've mentioned you know mortal wounds there's so many things that you can do this unit of plague bearers, like a unit of forty grots, is much more survivable than people give it credit to because yep. um, they're just super durable. 
and even now, it's it's just got better. Like throwing the rerolls to hits and wounds on, uh, throwing the uh, the extra save on them, their inbuilt damage prevention roll, their neg one hit, their neg one uh, reducing rend by one. That that's five buffs right there on that unit, and you haven't had to spend a spell. You spent one command point on, and that's it. All of that is this positioning and and planning, and you've got buffs on a unit, and they are really nasty. Like you run into thirty plague bears, and it's like, oh yeah, I can I can mince these, and it's like, ah, well, hang on, just wait one second. You need one to hit. You're rerolling your sixes to hit. You're rerolling your sixes to wound. You neg one to your rend. Charge me. You take these three mortals, and I'm getting plus one save. Oh, and don't forget, you've also got the five up damage prevention roll. And oh, and that. Roll, and if I roll a one on a battle shock, I get to bring bodies back. So yeah. when you stack that all together, and I think it's been a while since people have plagued a big block <laughs> of plague bearers. Yep. You've, I think, people have forgotten how nasty they can be, and. In the current meta, I, and like, I, I think that I think they're a really good place to revisit. And then you add Sloppity and the Scrivener, and yeah. um, this type of build is going to. That's why I was really excited to talk to you about Tristan. Obviously, one, I wanted to join the channel for a while, but two, I've known that there's a rebuild in the demons that not a lot of people are talking about just yet. And if you don't yeah. like the Great Unclean one, you can always throw in an Archeon. You know yeah. what is this look like with a Bellacore in the Legion of the First Prince or even just the Bellacore in general who's going to work with yeah. demons. Like there are just so many options now that this type of build can go on. Because it's all passive. Yeah, you, you are entirely right. If you don't like one part of it, removing that part doesn't shut down the list or the effect of what the army does. It just takes it on a on an exit of the, off the freeway to another highway. It still does the same job, just does it in a slightly different way. And the demon side of it has been building and the uh, Broken Realms book really just got it to that point where you can go, I can do what I want to play and I can still do all this without going, well, if I take this army, I have to take this, this and this and I have to do this, this and this to play that army. Whereas... In the Nurgle book now, you can go the mortal side and you go, I can do, I want this, this, and this. Or now with the demon side, you can go, well, I want a big unclean one, or I don't. I'll take a Glock King, or I'll take an Archaeon. Well, well, I was just doing the maths, and obviously points may change, but yeah. like you could take this list, drop the Great Unclean one, drop the Geminids, and that's Bellacore. And you yep. could make this Legion the First Prince. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's just so much flexibility, um, which is why I dig Nurgle. And then let alone talk about the Nurgle keyword when you go to Slaves of Darkness. Um, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, there's just there's so many yep. great options. But um, back to the, what we've got here, and we've got the, the Plague Bearers. You've got your three units of Plague Bearers, two blocks of, of 30, one block of 20. That allows you to then unlock some additional points to get things like your Plague Drones. Yep. Now, I don't see a lot of Plague Drones. I've seen people play around with them yeah. um i've probably seen more of that what's the other ones the pus royal blight lords are they Light Lord. flight yeah. the, that's the that's what? the equivalent but with the bks on top yeah the play drones, drones so they're still demons um but they're also plague bearer keyworded so they gain all the benefits of all your buffs that i've just mentioned beforehand so 
you don't have to rely on 30 um, infantry bases moving across the board when you can throw all that and m multiply its use onto three attack profiles on a flying plague bearer unit that has all the same things as the plague bearers. It's got the it's got the the banner. So for your battle shock, it's got the plague bearer uh, feel no pain, and so they're all the same. You just get less of them, and they just go faster. So they they for me they they'll be the oh you've got something up the back that needs to be dealt with. Well, here's three plague drones. Deal with it, really. Because they're five wounds each as well, right? They've got yeah. a five up discussing resilience save. They've got five wounds apiece. They can come back. Uh, sorry. Yep. One can come yep. back. So, so may, maybe the, maybe this is like an elevator pitch. You know, sell, sell me this idea. Why why haven't people been taking plague drones? Or why, why would I take plague drones as opposed to another block of, like, why not make that plague, that 20 into, back into a 30? Um, up, okay. Up until now. The, uh, until we got the Bloken Realms Herald uh, scroll, War Scroll changes, they weren't um, as plug-and-play as some other stuff. The Plague Bearers, they're immediately plug-and-play, but I think that hasn't been noticed that they are still Plague Bearers. They still plug-and-play. They're just a different style of Plague Bearers. So those, those Plague Drones, they're fast without buffing from Nurgle, but they still get that speed buffs from Nurgle. So the extra three movement, the extra two from the wheel, the run and charge from the tree, they still gain that. <laughs> yeah. I was, no, 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 you're right, because I was just doing the maths right. You've got a base of yeah. eight, plus if you get the wheel, that's plus two, so we're at 10. You ring the bell, that's plus three, so we're at 13. You have a run roll of up to six. So that could be anywhere from 14 to, was it 17? Um, and then the slingshot charge. So, um, yeah, no, it's they interesting because I just, you, you just haven't seen them that often. And um, I don't know, it's because people maybe forgotten, as you said, the the plague bearer keyword. Uh, if it's just something that people don't like it's, the models. It's also, but it comes down to the old conundrum of do I want bodies or do I want a bit of utility? So they are. They are expensive, uh, 190 for, for 15 wounds. So you are looking over it that way. I I particularly like them, um, not in large numbers because they do get expensive, but I've got 80 bodies. Um, if I was to drop out, they give me one small unit of versatility that I can, I can do what I want with. I'm not strung by having, say, 90 Plague Bearers in 30-man blobs that I have to use to do certain jobs on the on the game table. I can use Plague Bearers, well, the Plague Drones, to do that if I need. And if I need them to treat them out onto an objective, then that's three bodies or potentially three bodies that can move half the table if I want. Um, I was to, just thinking, like, the value out. of something... 
I was thinking that something valuable like knife to the heart or even challenging with, you know, scorched yep. earth, they, the speed could actually be quite good. Um, yep. And another consideration, I was just looking at the summoning table. I brought that up on my, um, on the computer <laughs> is, is to get three plague drones on the table. That's a lot of summoning points. Yep. But if you, if you need more plague bearers, you can get on five or 10 plague bearers really cheaply. So, yep. um, so I, I, I guess that utility of having it earlier and then using your summoning pool to add more bodies or more yeah. of whatever you need uh, might be a better approach than, you know, making another block of 10 or increasing the plague bearers to 30 and trying to bring on plague drones later. You almost lose because you're summoning, you're not getting the movement, you're not getting the bell in that initial phase. So, so it's, you're losing their initial, bit. their cost is 190. So to boost the 20 man squad up to, 30 is 80 so you can get 20 plague bearers for those three plague drones but as you did mention plague bearers are easy to summon um one thing we didn't touch on on was how we generate summon points so you're getting uh start of your turn you get three for having units in your territory you get three for units in their territory and you get a bonus one in each of those occasions if none of the opponents are in those territories so you get one if they're not in your half. You get a bonus one if you if they're not in your half, and you get a bonus one if they're not actually in their half. The table which rarely happens. So most of the time you're getting uh, four. Then you get D three from your trees. So quite potentially you get seven points um, per turn. You summon a tree. You do that all again, but it's two D three extra points. So you start getting over that break limit of your first summon once you start getting more than one tree and you go well what am i going to spend it on and summon in five plague bearers summon off a tree summon them onto an objective that's out of nowhere that no one's really nearby you can tag it you can hold it and who cares if they stay there and do nothing it's it hasn't actually cost you anything to secure that objective with five plague bearers if they potentially got a deep strike late in the game, summon 10 plague bearers, cover your great unclean one or your, your, mm. your general for with 10 plague bearers and go, ah, okay, I've got 11 bodies on this objective that my general's sitting on. You want a deep strike? Okay, go for it. If someone take, takes out your sloppity, you can actually bring in sloppity or your scrivener yeah. as well. So if someone is summon- smart enough... To- yeah, someone's someone's smart enough to take it out, um, or you need another one on a different part of the board. I think yeah, that's the uh, the summoning pool. I think maybe the only slight challenge I would say is that the potential in the first turn is to get the seven, but it's also probably very unlikely. So I would I would not plan a list thinking I'm going to hit seven because still the likelihood is probably somewhere on five and you can't do anything with five points. So uh, unless you're getting any more uh, summoning points from another area or you're bringing on more trees quickly from a unit, I think is it the the snail man? I I can't remember his name. Um, Yeah. Like if you're bringing something like that to get in more, more summoning points early, happy days, but turn one, very unlikely you're bringing something on for free. Typically six. So six your first turn, you go, go your second turn, you get six again. So you get a second tree uh, in your second turn. And then once you start getting those those extra points um, that you're not spending from your previous turn, that's when stuff really starts picking up in, in my experience where you go, well, I carry over 
four, five points. I'm generating this plus I'm generating that. Um, and you go, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Ah, oh, I can summon this on or I can summon that on. And it starts, it's basically that, that avalanche downhill. Once you start getting it rolling and rolling and you can control the board, it just more and more starts um, benefiting you that you keep resupplying yourself with with benefits and they typically the the opposing team doesn't have that as well so their losses aren't being replaced they aren't getting extra board control as the game goes on they're losing board control you're gaining board control and it just starts building up building up and you can grind through to that the games that i've lost against nurgle have been the ones where a late game summon has happened um <laughs> into the backfield because I just haven't handled the attrition. There was nothing I could do. I was just losing too many bodies or I, I wasn't winning the fight that yep. created space for the cheeky summon over the, over the field. So yep. um, holding your summoning points for as long as possible. Don't blow them early unless there's a, a real reason for it. But um, like when you start being able to bring on, you know, yeah, 10 so may, bearers. May, I'll blow them early if to get trees. For me, it's the summoning in an actual unit is the one I'm sparingly on. Um, Once I've got a good, uh, fast trees on the board, then I'll go, oh, yeah, maybe I'll summon in 10 or maybe I'll summon in a couple of fives. And again, we're still running the old uh, chain summoning. Uh, It's one of the... We've got pretty good um, allegiance abilities, like summoning off a hero or a tree so we can keep summoning to a chain summon we also don't spend what we don't spend we keep so we don't have to go oh we've got we've got 14 points and if i spend seven yeah. i'm going to waste seven like corn does you're not like, corn you yeah spend, i mean i mean corn yeah. corn is corn is the different one like slan that that's true of slanash and of of zench as well just for some reason corn is just backhanded <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you're right. You're right. Just because you spend seven on the feculent Narmor and you have two left over, that carries on to give you a good start for your next summon. Yeah, and having that extra come up. So when in those D3s you roll ones or twos and he's like, oh, well, that's not so bad because I've carried over an extra couple extra from before. So that essential one or two that I rolled goes to a three. So I'm back up to where I'd like to be. And then you can go, oh, well, I'll summon another tree. Even though you rolled like rubbish, you've still got those couple up the sleeve from the last turn. You go, okay, well, I'll still make it then. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast forward a little bit on the Taliban because yep. we, it, may be, it may disappear. Yeah. It may just be yep. a narrative thing. And I'm sure you could read the Taliban and see what it does for this particular list. Um, but just a real quick note before we move on is the Geminids. Now, I think I know why you've got Geminids in the list. Um, I'm sure the cheeky mortal wounds from the Geminids is helpful, but the minus one to hit and the minus one damage um, is probably why you're getting it to increase the, the minuses. Is that is that the, what, why you what the, yeah it's another it's another aspect to make people think the um another debuff you got to worry about there is there's probably for me there's probably two change change of thought on when you take Geminids to go uh, realm of shadow or go to another realm so I've picked Shimon in this realm 
simply because I enjoy screwing with people's movement. I love it when someone, oh, yeah, I need a, a six-inch charge. It's like, nah, actually, well, you need an eight-inch charge, mate, because you need terrain. I was like, oh, bugger. I just seeing the look on their face when they fail those charges, like, because of Shimon, for me, is, is a good pick, plus the extra Shimon benefits. So if you go Shadow, you get to re-roll your damage from your black uh, or your dark Geminid, uh, or if you go Light, so you, you probably you can go three realms. It's up to you, really, what you prefer. But Geminids, throwing Geminids out there in a Nurgle army is, just, is for me, it's nasty. It's like, oh, so I'm already I'm already neg this and neg that. And it's like, oh, well, you also neg to this and this as well. It's like my, it's a, like my gits. My gits would get up to a minus four. It was just like it was no point when you start putting, like, different spells. I will just put, like, a little disclaimer at this point because some people might be wondering what the F you're talking about. In <laughs> Australia, in a bunch of tournaments, not all but a lot of them, one of the popular things that are coming up, at least locally here, is um, – so often we know that, you know, the person who rolls the dice at the start of the round gets to choose the sides and all that stuff. We've added a little extra layer to that to say that um, whoever loses that roll-off or wins the roll-off um, can choose which realm of battle we're in, which would mean the terrain effects and things like that would be in play. Um, and it would be based off the, the realm on your war scroll, in your in your army list. So in this case, Tristan's talking about tapping into the, the abilities of Shimon. Um so that's just a little Australia thing. It might pick up globally, but uh, a few of our events now have been starting to play with realm rules, and this is a, a little equaliser on um, on picking sides or you pick the realm. Yep. Just a little uh, like I, FYI. It's, it's not, it's not yeah. common. It's not worldwide, but it's a little Australian thing that's picking up steam. I I, I quite love it. Um, yeah, so do I. Pick, so sides do I. Or, or pick, pick sides or pick a realm, and now the realms are really simplified now. Um, it's it's easy to for me. I found really easy to take into account. Like, okay, so what do you want? So, oh, what realm are you? It's like, well, I'm this realm. Oh, bugger! I really do not want you to pick your realm. So, I'm going to give you pick your sides. Like, okay, that's fine. I like that. Pick sides is like, okay, well, what realm are you picking? It's like, oh, well, I'll pick my own realm. It's like, okay, I can deal with that too. How many times I've come across yeah. people? picking the realm of beasts and giving me the beast the realm of beast spell and i was like thank you yeah or, or, or recently i was playing in a, in a realm of uh, i played a whole tournament in the realm of all because that was what the t- the to set so all my gargans are enjoying line of sight blocking terrain i'm just like this is the best like my god you can't see my gargans yeah uh, except for obviously flying units but i think realms hopefully maybe uh we will see more realm impact and obviously covid kind of stopped that for us for, for the world but um that was a little cheeky thing that we started locally that seems to be going quite well um but not all tournaments in australia just like it's not some weird meta thing but we are it's picking up steam Speaking of something that's already picked up steam is um, the <laughs> Blessed Sons. The Blessed Sons is probably the most common of the Nurgle builds in um, in Wrath of the Everchosen. Compared to things like Drowned Men and some of the others, you, this is certainly one of the ones that are more popular. Same question I asked you with the Wanderers is, um, are all of these four important to you with um, your your list or are you taking it for one or two of these things? All four are, are great. None of none of none of the four can be considered attacks. Um, the ability every one of your blight kings blows up on a two up, so 
you take how many blight kings that's how many mortal wounds they are taking just to kill you so you take 40 take 50 that's 40 to 50 mortal wounds they are going to take um assuming you don't roll lots of lots of ones so having that go oh well you got 20 blight kings well okay so the sheer mash of getting through 20 blight kings oh yeah so i've got to do this and i've got to do that Oh, yeah. And by the way, that's 20 dice I roll to do mortal wounds back to you. And I was like, oh, so that unit I had to sacrifice to kill, that big block or those units I had to kill to sacrifice that big block are taking them back. Battle shock. It was like, oh, well, I really hadn't planned for that. It's just awesome. Um, until you run against another Nurgle army and it just becomes slap first, but yeah. that's what it is. Uh, the command ability, I. I haven't actually used that much, um, but it does have really good use. So at the end of the combat phase, while well, you use it, at the end of the combat phase, pick one enemy unit that took wounds. Uh, if the wounds it took is greater than their bravery, they suffer three additional mortals. So that's their bravery characteristics, not their bravery in regards to battle shock. So for those things that get bonuses for ranks or for banners, it's their characteristic. So you run into something that, say, clan rats, for instance, they're only bravery five. Doing five mortals to them, or five wounds to them in combat, is pretty easy. Or, well, doing more than that, so you need to do six. So for a command say, if point... You, if you only do five to clan rats, I think you need to relook at your dice. Yeah, and that. So it's w something you the for... person on, on, on Bush Radio talking about cooking your dice? Uh... I will not comment. That's I'll take the fifth on that. <laughs> that was that was a joke, by the way. But um, but you should be able to kill more than five clan rats. Yeah, um, I didn't cook my dice last weekend for my rassy. That was ridiculous. But the command point for so for fifty points, basically, which is what a command point's worth, you can do three mortals to another to another unit. So as long as you know you're going to do more than their bravery, you're getting another three through for a command point. Which for me, if you if you plan it and you think about it and go, yep, I'm going to use it, do it, then that's it's extra damage and it's mortal, so you can easily go through. And it, it can really be easy to also, again, it applies to monsters as well. So not all monsters are bravely ten. Whereas if you're doing say eleven damage to them, they're generally dead. But on those occasions where they are, those extra three mortals can be what makes you kill them off. How many times have we ran into a monster, I was left them on one, and go, well, here's takes three more? Well, my Mega Gargan's a perfect example. I've been playing with yep. them lately, and there's been a lot of times they've been dealt a lot of damage and left on, like, three wounds or two wounds left. And they're yeah. still very dangerous at two yep. or three wounds. You know, something like, is it the Terror Geist? Or I can't remember which monster yep. it is. You're allowed to spend a command point and fight at the top of the bracket. Or maybe it's Iron Jaws. There's, I don't know, there's one particular. Like, either way, like, monsters, yeah. even at their lowest bracket, can still do. I mean, Terror Geist yeah. can still do, like, six, 18 mortal wounds off, off the Fanged Maw. So yeah. um, those three extra cheekies could, could, could be massive. You go in, and as I said, not all your monsters and your big stuff that you want to do it on is bravery 10 so if they're only bravery eight or they're bravery seven or whatever doing those those eight wounds to whatever to get over that bravery and then slap on that three can really be the clincher of it keeping alive with a couple or it just being dead 
and it's it's something to add. It's another piece in the toolbox that can be really be used. The command trait. Oh, I, I love this command trait. It That's once per turn. Awesome. So for anyone who's watching the podcast, listening, once per turn, you can use the at the double command ability uh, on friendly blessed, the, the blessed sons right bringer units on uh, within 12 without spending a CP. So first off, Tristan, just, just basic, what is at the double? Uh, makes your run roll an automatic six. Cool. So we can already do that. Everyone gets access to that unless you're yeah. uh, OBR. OBR, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but everyone can already just do that. So what? what's yeah. so special about you doing this? Uh, it's free. So it's a free command, uh, free six-inch run every turn that that command point that you might possibly use for that can be used on another unit or potentially just be used on that command ability we discussed. So you can throw that unit and go, well, you're for free running six and any other bonuses attached to it without even needing to make a roll and just go, okay, that's my free run for the turn and it's this unit is going that far. And the amount of people I've said, oh, okay, this unit is now going to be moving this far and it's like, what? It's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm throwing twenty bike kings that far, and and oh, and they're going to charge as well. It's like, hang on, it's like your bike kings, like yeah, but <laughs> when you do it, it is yeah, it is for me using it on your general too. Like even throwing it on your making him run six makes his relatively low movement, giving him an extra free six inch run is just nuts because you still getting that general within range, you still work handing out buffs here and there. It's just absolutely brilliant to use. For me, I really like these abilities that allow you to use a command point for free, even once a game or even once per turn, because that's an extra 50 points in your list per turn that you don't have to account for. If you're getting that, that's essentially five free command points during the game that you don't have to spend. Yeah, no, the, the, it's it's it is very helpful, and it was already talked about as well. Um, we've already talked about as well that the the tree your um your Narmor, yep. um also lets you you know the benefits of the run and charge as well. So um, this is where it all kind of synergizes well, and as you said, yep. uh, it's keeping CP up your sleeve. Um, so yeah, uh, I like it. So I dig it. The artifact. Oh, so for me, for this Blight King list. Um, a lot of it comes off the Great Unclean one, but it's all passive. So uh, you, the bell coming off the Unclean one, him being your general, him being your caster, him being your monster, um, makes him a big target when you've only got 45 other bodies on the table. Um, putting this artifact on him, <laughs> he's just unreal. Just re-roll all your saves. All your saves. So... And and just highlight there, it just says reroll saves. It's not failed, it yeah. saves. Yeah. Mally, ranged, both. Ah, oh, neg two end. Oh, it doesn't matter. I get to roll. <laughs> Go through. Oh yeah, fail on my first roll. All right, I'm going to reroll all my fails. The the, re the reason that's it. Sorry, yep. Tristan, continue. 
So yeah, you are what you would have just said is so on reroll fails, if you've got a save characteristic of four up, you you can reroll your ones, twos, and threes. Whereas if you're having rend and say neg two rend, only your sixes will actually succeed. With reroll save rolls, I can reroll not just my fails, but my fours and my fives, which would have been rendered out to a failed save. So I can reroll everything I want to get to try and maximise my successful save rolls. Whether it just be only save on sixes, I can reroll everything, not just my ones, my twos, and my threes. This, well, yes, yes, one hundred percent correct, and and um, I don't want to dwell on this point for too long. But um, basically, modifiers happen before re rolls. So, yep. so, so, sorry, modifiers happen after re rolls. So, yep. a fa- so when you apply like a minus one or a minus two to your armor save, that applies after you do your re roll. So, being able, yep. yeah, it, it, we're getting into complicated territory yep. here, but being able to re roll saves is awesome and much yep. more powerful than it if it just said re roll failed saves because technically if you've got an armor save a three and there's a minus one rolling a three is still a pass then you apply the modifier it becomes a four then it fails so it's a bit of a weird sequence to describe at this point but all four of these things you're 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 talking me are quite good the great thing as well (laughs) is obviously um this is going to be a really quick one tristan because you have already talked a little bit about this we've got the blessed sons all the rules the the great unclean one is um very similar, very similar to the last one, just minor differences yep. there. We've got favoured poxes, um, your doomsday bell with the bar blade, the foul con- conqueror, um, command trait with the artifact of the bile plate that came from the Blessons. You've got yourself a, a Lord of Blights with the Rust Fang. You've got Gut Rot Spume. You've got 20 BKs, 10 BKs, 5 BKs, 5 BKs, 5 BKs. That's a total of, what's that, 45 Blight Kings? 45, yep. <sighs> Blight cyst, but we won't talk about blight cyst. We don't know if it's going to be around or not. You read the rules if it still exists in two months later. And Geminids probably for the same dealing of damage and minus one to hit and minus one damage. But talk to me why the hero choice and then talk to me about the BKs. So the unclean one's slightly different build, uh, as in with the command trait and the artifact. So that's pretty much standard. But for this spell, I've picked favoured poxes, which I really like. Uh Casting value of 7, 14 inch range. Uh, neg 1 to a unit's hit, wound, and save char- characteristic until the caster cast another spell, moves, or dies. So quite potentially, it will generally be your second spell off, off the chain. And if it goes off, he doesn't have to do anything. That unit you've targeted is neg 1 to hit, wound, and save until he's dead. So... Pair that up with Rustfang. So the Lord of Blights goes in, start the combat phase, pick a unit within three, neg one to the save characteristic for the game. Well, not, sorry, not save characteristic, save rolls. So same with favorite boxes, not the save characteristic, just the save rolls. So you're now at neg one to hit, neg one wound, neg two to your save rolls. Your Blight Kings go in, and they got neg one rend on them from the battalion. So this unit you're going to hit is neg one to their hit, neg one to their wound, and neg three to their save rolls. Hit them with Geminids, neg one to hit. So they neg two to hit, neg one to wound, neg three to save. If you're really being nasty, Lord of Blights, throw his command ability on the 20 unit, and they're an extra neg one to hit. 
So quite potentially you can be neg, was it neg three to hit, neg one to wound, and neg three to their save rolls, and it's nasty, especially when you've got exploding sixes. So I've gone in with Blight Kings and neg three to an Archaeon and just had Blight Kings tank him and kill him like five Blight Kings tanked Archaeon. Quite simply, and just because he was next free. And for anyone who doesn't have the Lord of Blight's uh, command ability in front of them, Plague of Flies you use in the hero phase. If you do so, friendly Nurgle units within 21 of it. Until your next hero phase, subtract one to the hit rolls uh, in shooting. If it has more than 20, subtract two in shooting. So basically you're bringing in that, basically the Plague Blairer, the Plague Bearer ability yep. and putting it on someone who's not a Plague Bearer. So it's neck two to shooting if you're 20 or more. It's also neck one in melee if you're 20 or more. Which so, is exactly the That's the Black King yeah. rule. So that's, yes. the, that's the Plague Bearer rule, right? Yep. So yeah. So you can stack that on Plague Bearers, but you can also throw it on Black King. So you can potentially scream, yeah, 20-man uh, Black King squad, which isn't going to be – there's fairly little that can take it out in a turn. Screen your rest of your army. So they're neck two to their shooting. And when they go in, they're neg one to hit it. So not only, mm -hmm. however, that command ability does change depending on the size. So if they shoot one model off, you lose the uh, neg one to hit. So generally, I only use that if I'm facing a shooting army, just to dampen that initial folly until I start losing a model. Once I lose a model, and again, it's command ability, so... I don't generally need to spend command points. So that spend I, I use to put that command ability on isn't really like life or death. I've got plenty of them and I, there's not much I need to use them for. So throwing it on that screen unit to, to really soak up a shooting um, folly from one or two units. If I'm, I'm lucky, I get through without losing a model. Also, they're four wounds apiece. So if something shoots me with that up, and they do one or two. I've still got 20 models in that unit to gain the bonus. And if I'm really just, sneaky, yeah. Um, if they only do four in the initial folly, I can throw that on the leader who has a wound characteristic of five and still keep the five, uh, the, the 20 models in the unit. I was just reading over the Lord of Blights because I think there's a rule that I've completely missed or I've never seen it in action, which is the uh, Munificent Bounty that yep. allows Blight Kings to shoot uh, yep. using the shooting profile of the Lord of Blights, which is a 14-inch yep. range, one attack, fours, threes, nothing for one. Yep. Um, so if you put that on tw the 20-man or the 10-man, like that's just yep. another cheeky damage. <laughs> what? Or they're uh, shooting in combat. If you've tied them up in combat, they're going to shoot themselves out of it. The, you want to know the worst news? No. The Blight Sift gives that to every unit within uh, three or within reigns of the Lord of Blights. So we're if he's talking, in reigns... We're, we're not talking battalions. Battalions might not so be around. The whole unit of Blight King can potentially, or two or three units, can potentially shoot using that profile in the shooting phase. Well, I guess, I guess the key that I, I'm pulling out here, which is should battalions be put into open and narrative play at this particular point, you've still got the ability you can pull out of the Lord of Blights. Um, if battalions stay with us and we're still able to use something like the Blightsist, happy days, we can continue. But it's, it sounds like you've got a bit of a fall. I mean, it's not the same, but you've got, you've got something similar. Yeah, it's, it's going to be different. 
So, and we don't know. So, we'll just, for me, I'm just going to wait and see what we get. We might get something different. We might get something that's just totally just gone, or they they might not be. Um, there's a lot of rumours and there's a lot of, oh, my mate of a mate of a mate told me this kind of deal going around, and it's and a lot of people parroting that. So, you, it's like, well... I think the key, though, is that the blight cyst, um, this list is not reliant on the blight cyst. It's enhanced. Yes. And should the blight cyst not exist anymore, then this list still operates and is still very powerful. Um, no. If it's if it's still around, happy days, it's it's even better than it is right now. But no. it's not rely, It's not change host. You're not reliant on one particular build. You are. The blight cyst is giving them rend. So without it, you just become rend. Rendless uh, chaff, and there's other Nurgle stuff that does that better. So, uh, putting 45 Blight Kings on with no rend, natural, for me, is far less than just going, oh, okay, have a battalion and give them all. So, if that Blight Sis was to go, then the list would dramatically change because you drop a lot of those uh, Blight Kings out for actual bodies. Cause that's one thing the list suffers from is its lack of bodies and it requires the Nurgle trees to summon them in. But at the initial game, the first few turns, that lack of bodies is going to cost you. And if you don't have Rend to even up those numbers to start with, then it's something you're going to have to take into account for. Yeah, you don't have a you don't have a lot of mortal wounds to deal out, so no. you are relying on having the rend. So yeah. um, but again we don't know what the world's going to look like. I'm just pointing yeah. out that yeah. It's something that might be around, it might not be around. It's something just to keep in the back of your head. Um, if you are thinking about building a list like this, um, we just don't know. But um, but still, like with even without the battalion, it's it's still viable, but it's not nearly yeah. as good. It's not nearly as good as an attractive as what you're getting because of the, the rend. And as you said, maybe I don't rely nearly as much on the, the Black Kings and I step into maybe a more of a, a mixed force. But then if you're doing yeah. a mixed force, is the Blessed Sun still now right? Right for me because Blessed Sons is really doubling down on the on the Black King build, yeah. you know. Or does it start to encourage me to take you know some of the other Rotbringer keyworded units? So I guess yeah. a lot of questions being thrown up, but it's yeah. nice to see you tie in the Blessed Sons rules into yeah. a list build. Yeah, the, the, it really everything for this sort of just all gels together. Um, if one of them wants to be removed, you sort of start losing all that inbuilt synergies and then you have to reassess but we'll just wait and see it could be and it might not yeah who knows who knows but it, yeah. it's been good kind of chatting to you because one nurgle is is the god that people aren't talking about sorry skaven uh, we're not talking about you no one really acknowledges you as a as a oh, i mean poor yeah they're, they're not really a cast god I'm, I'm not acknowledging that. But, you know, like obviously Zench is quite good at the moment. Um, uh, Slanesh is obviously in the meta. You may agree or disagree about their competitiveness, but they're around. Um, Reapers of Vengeance, at least with Archeon, is quite popular at the moment. Yeah. And I guess Nurgle has some build. So yeah. who knows what's coming? Who knows how, as we've talked to as well, like Bellacore coming into play and maybe some of the yeah. builds with the Legion of the First Prince, especially those demonic builds, um, there's there's a there's, whole lot of cool... Who knows what else is coming? There's also a lot in Nurgle, as it is. You've got Epidermis, you've got um, Festus. They've all got good scrolls. So you, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of other units like the Glock King and that potentially in a 3.0 makeup um, that just suddenly go, ah, oh, okay, well, that's going to be really useful when, and I'll throw this in the list and see how that goes. So this, the, the 3.0 change could, you, it could actually be really good. You don't know because there's a lot of depth to the army um, and there's a lot of depth to the possibility of the army. A lot of it isn't taken at the moment because there are uh, clear clear winners in which way you want to take it. But you never know with a shake-up here and there that something just goes, oh, well, I'm going to shine and I'm now going to be the in thing to take. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. And hopefully we get we get some news pretty much soon. So I'll ask you a, one final question before we wrap this up, and that is um, the man of the hour, Archeon. He's, uh, I was at a tournament not long ago where there were 10 Archeons in 60 lists. So um, <laughs> we actually, I even lined them up and, and, and filmed yeah. them all together. And I got to play against one of the Archeons out of 10. How do you think he would be, go in a list like one of the two that you built? Or even Bellacor, um, new Bellacor, obviously. Is there a place with him in Nurgle? I'm seeing a lot of Reapers in Vengeance. I'm seeing a lot of Archeon in Zench. I'm not nearly seeing... I mean, Nurgle was a little bit Archeon, but I have. I, it's kind of dropped off lately. Where are you at? The Well, I've, I've got two um, Archeons. I don't know why, but I do. I've got, I've um, got none. You can send me one. <laughs> uh, no. Um, but for, say, for the Reapers... A lot of the, the inbuilt buffs and stuff are aggressive. Um, the sense ones, when you do run Arcane on incense, are more utility. Um, if you were going to run him in set, I, I haven't really looked into Slanesh. But for at the moment, for Nurgle, a lot of it is keyworded to not just... Uh, well, the aggressive style of buffs are keyworded to certain unit types. Uh, the Allegiance stuff is as keyworded Nurgle, so you can still do that. Uh, you can still throw Nurgle up the board with all the, the movement buffs, but he doesn't get a lot of the uh, the aggressive style of extra attacks or rend or other stuff. Um, and he is pretty costly, so if you were going to do that, you go down the same path that the Reapers do, where you've only got minimum um, bodies on, but Arcaon is a far more deadlier, so he makes up for the lack of bodies. In Nurgle, that's probably not so much because he's just base war scroll deadly. Still a good war scroll, um, good damage, good rend, but it's been able to heal him too. So one of the good cross uh, things with Archaon in Nurgle is you nullify Plague Monks and you nullify all Nurgle armies straight away because he does have the keyword Nurgle. So if you run into Blessed Sons, if they blow up, you can potentially heal off them. You're getting all the benefits of the wheel. Um, you're also getting all the benefits of being not subjected to their debuffs because the Nurgle doesn't affect um, Nurgle units. So him having the keyword, you can run in and go, well, I'm not debuffed because I'm not... Well, I'm, I'm Nurgle and I'm still at a full effectiveness. It's, it's a different take. For me, it's probably the the more durable side of the Archaeon yeah. into a god. But I'd, I'd love to see someone do it. Um, I'd, I'd love a chance to see a good list and go, oh, well, maybe that's something I, I'd like to do and give it a whirl. 
I just had flashbacks of Britney Spears. She had a song called, um, um, which is like, I'm Britney bitch. Like I'm Nurgle bitch. Um, my, my two cents to what you just said is if I've got 900 odd points for Archeon, that is essentially a thrice fold. That's three great unclean ones. Give or, give or take. I don't, don't maths hammer me right now, but it's approximately three. Do I get better value having three fatties? Or do I get b- better value with one Archeon? And I'm no Nurgle expert. I would yeah. think probably right now three fatties probably give me more value than one Archeon. But but I'm not the expert. There's a lot of stuff that can kill Archeon in a turn. Essentially, he's still a three up with 20 wounds. So I killed him in a turn. Not, I, at the, at yeah. that tournament, my, my, my Mega Gargans killed him in a turn. Two Mega Gargans yeah. pulled him down. Yeah, can easily do it. So... Um, unless you're going Reapers where he's really, really kill you with multiple activations. Um, and he was. I, kill, I, killed, yep. I, I killed the Reapers. Oh. Uh, but mind <laughs> you, he, he, well, he, he put one of my Megas down to one wound. I retreated that <laughs> out, and then I put two Megas back into him and, and pulled him down. <laughs> yeah. But the point so, was was that, that I, don't, the, I, could not do, I couldn't do that with three fatties. No. No, essentially. So your three phase, you're getting more dominance in the backfield and supporting your, the other units you've taken, whereas Archaon in the Nurgle is basically a one-man army. So he either works or he doesn't. For me, it's, it's just a personal choice, really. Yeah, and, and, and anyone who's watched this show in the past, Tristan, knows that this is not the holy one silver bullet list that's going to rule oh, them yeah. all. Season to taste. If you want to put Archeon or the Rodicus, or if you want to have no fatties, like absolutely, you know, I've seen plenty of BK lists with no fatties and, you know, yeah. got more Lords of Affliction and more BKs. It's season for taste. For me, my, my BK list was season to my taste. Was I got to a, a break point of like, what do I want? Now, is that going to be costing, is that worse to me, say, five Blight Kings and everything, basically break it down to costing five Blight Kings. Is that worth five Blight Kings? No. Is that worth, no. Is that, yep. Okay, yep, that is, blah, 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 take that. But um, there's more than, uh, and like I've gone, I've had my last two tournaments, I've done really rubbish. I've went, uh, I think, two, three in my last two tournaments after going uh, four, one in like my first set of tournaments. So I've really, um, it's not like, oh, the silver bullet, this is going to win, 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 win. It's it's a good list um, and it can do it, but it can also be beaten by unfavorable matchups, mistakes, and just you playing like you, really. Right, yeah, and, and it has the, and that's where, that's where a good list is is not a five and O list. Four and one list is based off skill and luck. You know, really, most armies should be sitting around that three wins, two losses, and it's skill, yep. it's practice, it is experience, yep. it is luck that gets you to four and even five. So um, yep. there is no shame in three twoing, um, and you know, sometimes, sometimes I, I remember. At, at the um at the Canberra event, like Chris Welfare and I were both on two wins, two losses, both fighting for the third win, and I yeah. won it. Luck, I I, luck, I luckily uh-huh. pulled that one out, even though you tried to double co- catapult me with um with OBR. But the point is, like Chris Welfare is still a great player. Like just because yeah. he got two wins doesn't make him a bad player. Just yeah. sometimes it's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Um. 
wrapping this up, do you want to give any shout outs, any final thoughts that you want to add? We've almost had two hours of awesomeness. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you want to add to this before we wrap this up? My, my beloved football fans literally kicking off. So I want to go yeah. watch them That's- lose horribly. They're going to lose. They're at the that. bottom of the table. They suck, but I'm, I'm here for them. I'm here for their moral support. Yeah. No, there's, no, there's nothing for me to shout out. I'm generally a nice, quiet guy. So, yeah. Is there a, is there a game club you want to say hello to at the very end? Well, I'll shout out to my game club, Measured Gaming. I'll shout out to Failed Charts who tried to recruit me a little while ago, but failed. Um, the membership Probably why I got the perks. failed charge. The, the, yeah, the, failed, yeah. the failed membership charge. The, the membership perks weren't as good as what I have at the moment. Um, the salary was definitely way off, way off. There's nowhere near I'd, I'd leave measured for that salary that that Mick was offering me. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I was talking to Mick at um, at Brizhammer, and it uh, sounds like he has some pretty good perks. Maybe maybe <laughs> you're just getting all the good blessings out at Measured, but uh, Measured Gaming do have a pretty cool YouTube channel. I know Tristan does yep. get on there occasionally, uh, run by the Overlord Joel, but there's always cool games, but um, go check them out, and they are awesome. I, I got to play at Vic GT, and um, they put on a cracking event, so uh, Tristan wasn't there. He was dogging us, and he was over in South <laughs> Australia with, with Doom and Darkness, but um, Tristan Thank you so much for your time. It was really cool to hear more about Nurgle, probably someone who's not being talked about very often. And those two, well, three, but for me, the two new War Scrolls, the Sloppity and the Scrivener, coming out of of Broken Realms Techless has really changed the game for Nurgle and brought those Plague Bearers and some of the list building back into light where it was just mostly BKs, 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 and BKs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So... It's it's new and um, change is good. Give it a crack, no, yeah. mate. Don't 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 end this show like it's, it's a Zen show. Like <laughs> change, change. It's it's all about the play garden and um, uh, and p- plant those seeds. I don't know what Nur- I don't know what Nurgle's saying is. Um, oh, all right, man. let's wrap that up. I hope you found that discussion valuable. If you did, give the video the old thumbs up, and if you have a comment or an insight, leave it in the comment section below. The champions over here are my AOS Coach Patreons and YouTube members. So you guys are bloody legends. Thank you for all the support. If you want to know more about the support programs, the links are below down here in the episode description, along with the link to the Discord server, so we can continue this conversation. Until next time, don't forget to name your characters and have a good one.